When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Round one is in the books, and there's change a-coming in Cowtown. Dylan and Chris from the Armchair GM Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Let's get into it. Well, Chris, I miss some of the best hockey I've seen in close to a decade. Round one has been pretty fucking awesome, to be honest. Uh, the Flames come out with some big news with the arena deal and then with the Souther firing, and there, there's just a shit ton to talk about. So let's get into it. Get into it. Where do we want to start? We want to quickly go through the playoffs and then uh, yeah, get into the it. meat and potatoes of what's happening uh, locally? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. What a what a first round it was. There there was some incredible games, a lot of overtimes, uh, really close matches. It was it was really well joined up for for all the series. I was I was really impressed with what was going on everywhere. And the parody, like like that term, gets thrown around a ton in hockey these days. But I. Mm-hmm really thought the parody in these specific playoffs so far has been so good. Like I, I think the hockey has been the best I've seen since I can't remember exactly which year it was, but there was a Philly and uh Pittsburgh series. Um I remember I was in Montreal at the time because I had some family stuff going on and it was, it was the best hockey I think I've ever seen that series. And this is the best since then. I think it was like, I want to say 2011 or something like that. 2013, maybe. Yeah. They're yeah, you're right. The, uh, the, the early teens, I think there, there were a couple of really good, couple of really good rounds back then. Um, yeah. And I mean, obviously, everybody's bracket is fully intact after after what just happened, too, right? It's amazing to me how many people are like, "Oh yeah, I picked Seattle," and oh, you know, for sure Boston was going to lose. And there's yeah. a lot of people saying like, "You know, oh my my bracket is almost perfect," and it's like, shit. <laughs> was it the sixth bracket you made, or yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I made two brackets shit. and picked and picked the different team each time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, you want to kind of break down series by series a little bit or? Yeah, yeah, go for it. All right. Well, let's start with the Colorado and Seattle one. Honestly, this is the one I watched the least of because it was the latest one each day. And either I was at work or I had watched hockey all day and I was just getting kind of. Yeah. 
before uh, being said, you said you watched hockey all day. I'm, I'm going to give the NHL a lot of credit for how they did the schedule doing 30 oh, minute uh, increments like that was, was brilliant, right? soon as one period ends you go to the next game and you go to that period ending and back and forth it was it was a lot of fun and it, I, I think it really would have helped with their ratings overall um i i agree and yeah. honestly i think we've both talked about this throughout the regular season this one specifically and i remember last playoffs were kind of fucked with the start times as well mm -hmm. like it's nice and i know not everybody you know, not everybody wants to watch four games a day. Right. But it's nice for those of us that do. And it's also nice just, you know, those of us who can break the game down by ourselves. We don't need to watch the intermission show. We've had right. enough of Kelly Rudy all fucking year. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. Watch yeah. more games instead. Yeah, let's. That's what it's all about. Let's watch more hockey. Yeah. I mean, and then the NHL also gets people switching channels, and then they get more ratings out of it. So, that's right. They get more ratings. They get, sense. as far as I'm concerned, they get really good advertising with with what's going on in the on ice uh, advertisement on boards and and things like that. I I think uh, I think moving forward, it's to me for me, it's a no brainer. They have to continue doing it in the in this way. As long as they can, and the only thing I will kind of give them a little bit of slack on when it comes to the staggered starts anyways is building availability. Sometimes, yeah. depending, you know, like LA has two professional basketball teams and a professional fucking um, hockey team in the same building. You know yeah. what I mean? And then concerts and then other things, right? So building availability is one thing, and I get that. But at the same time, as much as you can do it, instead of having 16, or 16 doesn't make sense, but instead of having 10 6 o'clock starts, one 4 o'clock start, and one 8 o'clock start, mm -hmm. you can stagger them a little bit, you know? Yeah. Like, it's yeah, absolutely. And, and it worked out really business. It worked out really well having four games per night up until like games five and six for, for a few teams. Mm -hmm. Um the first the first week was a lot of fun. Yeah. Really well. And the, that's the reason I brought up the LA thing is because um I I I believe the Clippers had playoff games, and that's why there was uh three days in between. I think it was game four five in game six or game four in game five or something like that of the uh, LA and Edmonton series. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. So getting back into the, uh, the Colorado Seattle series, sorry, I, I uh, jumped in there with that. Oh no, uh, it's all good. That, that, that that's schedule. a really good point you made. Um, yeah. You're, you're, you're right. I, I mean, I watched it, but I didn't. You know what I mean? By by that time, I was still I was checking emails and 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 looking at highlights from other games um, while it's still on. I just wasn't truly invested in it. Um, number yeah. one, I I just not a I don't follow Seattle at all. I don't I don't care about them at all. Yeah, and and Colorado didn't look good, and so they weren't really they worth 
watching. Like they, they certainly didn't look like they did last year. They, they weren't dominant in any way. Yeah. And like, I listened to one or two of the games because 960 was carrying uh, some of the later games throughout the, uh, throughout the first round two of mm. other teams. So I was listening to a little bit of them at, at work, but uh, like when I first got to work, but that would have only been like the last half of the third period. Right. Um, yeah. So I don't have a whole bunch to comment on other than it's a surprise, but also um, like, honestly good for Seattle. Like yeah. they played them hard and they made uh, Colorado have to fight back in the series, fight back in games that they won. Like there was not a single game that was just easy for Colorado. That's right. Um, which I think surprises almost everybody except for the people who lied about their brackets. Right. <laughs> I I honestly didn't have Seattle standing a chance in that series. Well, you had Colorado in six and I had Colorado in five. So, yeah. So I guess I did give them some credit for a couple of wins, but, mm-hmm. but, but still but. like, and Grubauer too. Like I, I yeah. thought Colorado would just have Grubauer's number because he's honestly not that good. And I guess he just knew those shooters. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He knows, I mean, he knows, he knows the shooters. I mean, it's one of those, one of those series where, you know, I bet you Colorado sure wish they had a Grubauer again. Mm, or <laughs> still. Yeah. Or Kemper or like, honestly, yeah. uh, Gorgiev or Georgiev or however you say it, he wasn't very good. I did see some highlights. I saw a couple periods and uh, he just kind of looked like Markstrom. <laughs> yeah, he, he was running around a bit, right? He didn't look settled. Yeah. Move on yes. to Dallas and Minnesota a little bit. Dallas and Minnesota. I I watched um, quite a bit of that series. Uh, a friend of mine uh, slash coworker is a has been a, a Minnesota fan for a lot of years. So I mean, he's he's lived through the first round exits for. A long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of got got into watching uh, Minnesota last year. I'll say maybe year before. So if, and because it was Dallas, and after the series we had with them last year, I you know I wanted to see how Ottinger was going to do, and 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 just the rest of them really. That was mm-hmm. a that was a fun series to watch. Like there was a lot of heavy, heavy, heavy hitting. I think they really game took it to one of other. that series was the best. Mm-hmm. Game I watched all playoffs. So far. it was it was incredible. Yeah, yeah, and and they were fast, right? Fast, physical, heavy, big, yeah. offensively potent. But the goalies both still played really well, except for Flurry, which probably lost Minnesota the series again. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I people people sure are high on Flurry, and and I'm. I just have never been one. He's brilliant well, in the regular season. There, I've never had a problem with him, you know, when he was in his prime or before that, or maybe even just a little bit after that. But he's, mm-hmm. I mean, when you have Philip Gustafson, like this, this series, I think I have Gustafson on my on my um, fantasy team in in our right. league, and I think this uh, this series kind of solidified my thought that I was going to 
make him a keeper. Yeah. Um, when you have that guy, there's no reason to go to flurry. Like, what was it? Two overtime or three overtime? Two overtime. Two overtime. Yeah. Yeah. The, the game one was two overtimes, I think. It was and into the third. Though, yeah. Um, even though he lost with all of that time. I still think he earned the next game. Agreed. Um, but that, again, that series was fun to watch. And uh, you had Minnesota in seven. I had Dallas in seven. So. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That was uh, one of many of my failures during this uh, selection period. <laughs> oh, mine were. Mine were no brain Mine were very bad. Um, you had Vegas in five, or yeah, you had Vegas in five. I had Vegas in six. Nailed I think they it. won in five, right? They did. Yeah. So, so you nailed that one. That's really you. We don't have to talk about the rest. I'm going to go out on a high note. Boom. Woo! <laughs> I'm just going down the list. That's how I wrote them down. Damn it. Um. But yeah, that was a really good series too. Um, I thought the way Winnipeg went into the playoffs and the way that Vegas went into the playoffs, I thought that Vegas was slower than Winnipeg just rolling into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really thought that they were going to make it a little bit harder on Vegas, but um, Mark Stone came back. I also thought he was going to be, you know, I didn't think he was going to be 100% which I don't think he is, but I didn't think he was going to be as good as he was. And he was, he was really effective for... when you have a degenerative back disease, generally yeah. coming back doesn't last too long. So we'll see what happens next series or whatever. I'm kind of worried about that considering who they're playing. Um, right. Yeah. We need them to be at their best. I kind of think that was the, and not, not even just numbers wise, but, like as far as how many games were played, but how the games were played, I feel like that was the most one-sided series. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's fair. It just, it didn't seem like there was any pushback uh, for most of, I'm going to use pushback for a couple of the other series, but um Yeah. There was no pushback from Winnipeg after they won game one. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I agree. I agree with that wholeheartedly, really. And we both had LA in seven, and that just didn't work out very well for anybody who's listening to this podcast, most likely. Yeah, you know, the fact that it ended in six is kind of disappointing. I mean, three of the three of the six games went to overtime. So I mean, like they they were clearly evenly matched, right? I think right up until the last game of the series, all of the games were pretty even, and even that one was. But I still feel like Edmonton kind of carried that game, right? Um, I thought that Corpus Allo's numbers don't end up being very good, but I still think that he was the best king. Yeah, and I, I, if they don't extend him, I don't know if they have him extended or not. But if they don't extend him, I, 
I'd be shocked because that's exactly what they need. You know, a younger goalie to to take over from Quick and you know, call as good as he was for a portion of the season. I I don't think he's the answer as much as Corpus Allo is. And I thought yeah. Corpus Allo played really well. I thought he played really well as well. Um, you know, and obviously in order to you know to to beat the the offense of the Oilers, you need solid goaltending and a and or a Michael Backlund, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and the Kings don't quite have Michael Backlund. They have a well, couple they have of, Kopitar who's I mean he's pretty stellar two way player. And Dino. Both of who are I'd You know say, what? I mean, I, I don't watch that much LA. Um, yeah, I really like to know. I think those two are two of the only guys in the league I would put ahead of of uh, Backland on yeah. that list of yeah. of two way centers. Mm-hmm. Two two of maybe the only I don't know five guys I'd put ahead of Backland on on two way center lists is Dino and Gopitar. And uh, they did a really good job the first two games. Yeah, a little I mean, bit of a good job the third and fourth game, but that, then it kind of fell off once once McDavid had those two. Um, what was it in like a minute and a half or something like that? He had yeah, two those power play goals. Play. Yeah, from the same spot, the exact same spot, but he didn't shoot in the same spot. Yeah, he went was... went both sides, yeah. right? Went glove yeah. and then blocker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that was you know once once McDavid finally got on the score sheet, um, he became a factor, right? He really wasn't, he wasn't that much factor. of a factor. I don't think so. Uh, for I guess was that game two though, wasn't it that he did the the two power play goals? I think that was game three. I could be wrong though. I'd, I'd have to look back at it, but um, because they kept him off of the score sheet. Goal wise, for the most part, no. You're looking it up, or I am. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was game uh, game three. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I I thought honestly that series played out really well, and I did think that. Um, Edmonton took over, and as much as I hate that, I mean they deserved it because they they fucking played better, and mm-hmm. you know even Kane and Hyman and and Ekholm and all of them they just they outplayed L.A. altogether. I think. Yeah, I honestly think even though his numbers aren't very good, I think Cop or um, not Coffee Corpusallo outplayed. Uh, Skinner, but for sure, for sure he did. Yeah, I agree. He was also faced with much, uh, much harder shooters to make make saves against. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, a little, a little bit more high flying coming one direction opposed to the other. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go with the next, the next one here, which is the Boston and Florida series. I. Uh, A lot of people saying this is the biggest upset in the NHL for the last 
20 years or something like that. And, and I'm not sure if I really agree with that. I don't think game seven overtime, just the fact that it made it to game seven overtime. I don't think that that can be that much of an upset. Um, I understand no. best regular season team of all time, eight seed. I get that, but also, yeah, yeah when you overtime, that, when, that's not when when you yeah when you look at the product on the ice, obviously through seven games, I mean it was a lot more even um, than than really it should have been given the regular season numbers for both teams, right? Yeah. I mean, in at the all-star break, Florida was way out of yeah. playoff contention, right? So got to give them credit. They came on at the right time, clearly, um, to to even make the playoffs, you know, make that wild card two spot. Who and thought then... Maurice was the guy to get Montour and mm. all these players to actually be good? <laughs> Yeah, interesting, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he just yells very well. He's very good at being vocal. Yeah. Some people respond to it. Just others don't. Others don't. We'll <laughs> talk about that in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> um. Honestly, like... Did I, did I say Boston was going to sweep this one? I think I did. Uh, you did. You said sweep, and I said five games. Um. The biggest thing that surprises me is that a team that's had like 15 years of Brad Marchand let Matthew Kachuk take the series over. They let Matthew Kachuk get in their heads. I mean, I don't think Allmark is as good as as he... I don't think he'll ever be as good as he was this year. I don't think he ever was as good as he as he was this year. No. But you know, we talked about this the other day and you you showed me his his numbers and like yeah, he's he's better than I thought he was, but I still don't think he's anywhere near what he showed this this year in the regular season and I think this playoff showed it. Yeah, I mean he, he had a career year. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's a reason they call it that, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, as long as, you know, play, you know, uh, teams like, say, Calgary, where they, they, they tend to pay free agents for a year opposed to a career. And it's mm -hmm. super frustrating. Or not pay Johnny Gaudreau for his career and try and pay him for a year. Yeah. Too little, too so, little, too late. Right. Yeah. Um, anyways. Yeah. That's my thought on, on the Boston series. Like, obviously it's a surprise. I don't think it's as, it's as much of an upset as a lot of people are saying. Mm -hmm. And mostly I can't believe that, that uh, a team that's been dealing with Brad Marchand on their team for that long, let, uh, a a player who plays just like that, um, you know. Well, I mean, I think it might series. come down to the fact that you know you have a a team that has been dishing it out. They just didn't know what to do when it came back at them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like he got in 
so many heads and I, uh, you know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. He's my favorite player in the league. I don't want them winning the cup because I'm not ready for that. But <laughs> no. um, in, in the next few years, if they do, I won't be overly upset about it. Exactly. Um, shall we move on to uh, Tampa, Toronto? Tampa, Toronto. Wow, you actually got this one dead on. I did, didn't I? Toronto and six. Toronto and six. I had I, Tampa and seven. So I, I had two that were dead on. Plus our 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 bet, which is coming at the end of uh Yeah, that wasn't dead dead on, but it was close. No. It was close enough for you to win the bet. Yeah. Um well you moved on from that quick. Um well we're gonna talk about it in <laughs> a couple minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh but yeah, Toronto Tampa. I don't honestly think Toronto deserved to win that. And I'm not saying that because I don't like Toronto. I'm saying that because I thought Tampa outplayed them more often than not. Mm -hmm. I thought Mm -hmm. they got very lucky and I thought Andre Vasilevsky was the worst he's ever been in a playoff series that I can remember. Yeah, he wasn't good. And you, and you think kind of think that three of the, of the wins that Toronto had were in overtime. Yeah. I mean, they didn't, they certainly didn't control the the pace any. I mean, they did game one, or I mean, sorry, game two. The game, yeah, game two was uh, 7-2. Yeah. You know, they controlled, at least they controlled the scoring. Yeah, you're right. Goaltending was, was a big letdown for for Tampa there. It was. And they're not used to that. No, they're not. Um and I think that Vasilevsky has to take most of that, um, even without Hedman for a couple games and Cernak for I think the entire series minus a period or something like that. Right. Didn't he get knocked out in game one or was he out before game one? I feel like it was game one. Yeah. Um, and that's like, you know, two of their top three defensemen. So Yeah, that hurts, right? It hurts. I thought that Toronto you know, took advantage. Yep. Not much yep. to say about it. It's unfortunate, nope. but uh, is what it is. Yeah, I can't believe Toronto won the cup. At least, <laughs> at least that's what it seemed like on social media. Holy shit. It really, I, I mean, is anybody surprised? That no. That's how Toronto fans. No. No, because, I mean, you had you had the Oilers and Toronto win in the same night. And it was just like, okay, I, I got to get off social media i can't i can't take this anymore oh it was brutal that was one of the worst nights i can remember and like i had one of my buddies who's a toronto fan like oh well calgary did that last year when they when they beat uh beat dallas the you know everyone celebrated like it was the cup i, I was like no everybody let out a collective sigh of relief right? and sat in the fetal position on their couch yeah. crying like, yeah. like that, that was i mean i <laughs> I'll I'll never forget that night when Johnny you know scored from fucking behind the net. Right? Me that neither. Shot, like, like nobody knew it was in for a couple seconds. Mm-hmm. And then like my girlfriend made fun of me because I was in the fetal position. Like I, I, I thought it was I I thought that's what was gonna get both of those guys to resign, but here I am being wrong some more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so well, we all know the yeah. reason. We all know the reason. Um I'd say a solid 70% of the reason. 
we'll get into that in the second segment. Um, so I had Islanders in seven. You had Carolina in seven. I'm surprised, especially after Teravainen and um, I can't even remember what the other dude's name is right now. Got hurt. Um, oh, anyways, it, yeah, yeah. Basically, their top three left wingers got hurt. Yeah. Uh, Pacioretty. I mean, he only played like five games or whatever all season, so he doesn't really count. But their top two left wingers got hurt. Yeah. Um, Svechnikov and uh, the other guy. I, uh, I mean, I really didn't give the Islanders much credit. The games were a lot better than I anticipated. See, I thought that was the most boring season or a series. And I, mean, I, I watched it because I was in emotion, like not emotionally, I was uh, financially invested. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's fair. I mean, there is what four, yeah, four one goal games. So I mean, like it it was a good series that way. Um, you know, then then they each had their own little uh, little you know easy game, so to speak, as far as uh, point point production. But it it wasn't a it was it wasn't a game that I watched or a series I watched a ton of. Um, but from what I watched, it was it it was a good series. Um, I, I honestly thought it, it should have gone seven, but you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, Carolina just ended up being too much to handle for them in, in that, that last overtime. Yeah. I, th- this really bugged me and like, I've known it for a couple of years and I'm sure you have too, but the way the Islanders play drives me fucking nuts because it reminds me so much of how we play. Right. Fucking not even looking when you dump the puck. Not like not even seeing if your guys are forechecking, just dumping it when it's not a line change. Right. (laughs) Basically just giveaways, (laughs) perimeter shots. It it just, it bugged me because it reminded me of, of how bad our season was <laughs> <laughs> well basically you just got to watch what it would have been like if the flames were in the playoffs well yeah who who would we have faced uh vegas so so yeah probably they, they would have probably destroyed us not sure if they would have destroyed us as bad as they destroyed uh winnipeg but they probably yeah, i was i was gonna i was gonna say i think we would have at least taken it to six or seven games personally put up a fight a little bit of a fight yeah, yeah, it wouldn't have rolled over, especially after getting that that uh, that win in Vegas for the first time ever. You know, you know, a couple of weeks with the se- uh, season left over there, right? I mean, that that's that's huge for the psyche of a team. Mm-hmm. Whether it would have translated into wins and playoffs, who knows? Who knows? Well, um, let's move on to the most unfortunate one of the entire. I can't even say that because I hate Toronto and and uh, right. Edmonton so much. I was going to say um, this is the most important. I mean, I'd, because I'd of rather, the bad, I I'd rather it. lose this bet than have to watch more fucking Edmonton and Toronto games. True, but instead you get all three, all three, and <laughs> that's what surprises me the most about how much I enjoyed this 
this first round, like the hockey was so good. Yeah. That even though all my predictions were all wrong, not all of them, but most of them were wrong. And I have to deal with Edmonton fans and I have to deal with fucking Toronto fans and I have to drink a beer out of a boot in the, in the coming episodes here. <laughs> um, that's going mean- to suck. I mean, you get to pick the the beer. I mean, I wasn't rude and named it, you know. Well, at least you would have got to drink it out of a can. Fair. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, Budweiser tastes like you're drinking it out of a boot anyway. So what's the difference? Well, aluminum yeah. instead of whatever. Yeah, liter- literal boot. Got it. Okay, you're yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, you're right. <clears throat> um, <laughs> um, my my wife brought something up and she and she wanted me to make sure that you're you're uh aware so when you when you're doing this you're gonna have to we're gonna have to see this with the camera where you're pouring it in the boot because i oh, yeah. I'm, i feel like if we don't do that you're gonna have a can sitting in your boot oh you know what's funny is <laughs> that's actually really smart but i i didn't even think of that because i'm a fucking idiot right <laughs> well see see she gave you too much credit yeah <laughs> so there you go no i i'm just trying to figure out which boot i'm gonna do out do it out of i'm thinking my snowboard boot i don't know we'll figure I mean, it out i'll i'll send you my my work boot i i could probably go get a new pair anyways no yeah. no my skate my, my my work boot is uh if i wanted something disgusting the the most disgusting thing i could possibly have i'd use my work boot it's true. <laughs> it's true um I gotta work. I gotta walk through some pretty fucking gross shit while I'm working. So, well, I mean, that's what happens when you work at a hog farm. <laughs> it's funny because a lot of it's literally called hog. But, anyways, <laughs> um, so in, in round one, I I believe we had uh, fourteen overtimes. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, let, let's talk about this series, though, because obviously yeah, okay. we, we had made the bet that New York, I, I bet New York was going to win in seven, and you said Jersey in six. Um, But I can't believe how New York just rolled over. And I, again, I'm not just saying this because I lost the bet. I'm saying mm-hmm. this because, um, especially after they won game six, that last game was... Pathetic, right? But but it was I mean it was just as bad as game five, right? But what I I want to say they had three or four power plays in the first fucking period and they had one shot and the fucking refs handed them so many fucking opportunities to win that game and didn't call Uh, other shit that that would have put them on the PK. Like they just and all they did was hand New Jersey fucking odd man rushes over and over and over. It was yeah. really tough to watch as a person who was going for New York. Well, I I, I agree. I, I was uh, playing baseball last night, so I didn't get to actually watch most of it. Yeah. I did catch uh, probably a good 30 minutes on my phone. Um, and and yeah, it, it was it was pretty tilted one way as far as actual high danger chances from what I saw. Like it it wasn't even close, which is a far, far cry from what we saw in games one and two. 
Like after well, they games one and two, I, I was just like, holy shit. Yeah, Jersey doesn't stand a chance. I, I thought they were going to be out in four. Yeah, I was thinking that, that after game two, I figured it was going to be, I figured my seven game prediction was going to be drastically wrong. But yeah, turns out they, they found found out uh, what New York's, you know, kryptonite is. and mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, after, after you know, game three, when when Jersey won in uh, in OT, I think, I mean that that changed the the series drastically. I mean, Schmied changed the series. Like Schmied played honestly very well, mm-hmm. and I know that uh, you know he's obviously not the only reason because New Jersey did, you know, flip the switch. But um, I I think that uh, I do think that this series basically solidified what I've been thinking for a while because again in in our pool I've I've picked up Schmied you know two or three times this year and then once last year uh and he's done great for me and I, I you know I think this series solidified for Jersey that they could probably move Vanacek and be fine with Schmied or right. even just use more of a more of a 1A 1B you know move Blackwood Type of thing, and I don't know. I I think Schmid made a name for himself for sure in the series. Well, I mean, and that happens a lot, right? You know, you look at some of the guys in the past, and then it's it's kind of like a coin flip, though, right? Whether they fizzle out after that or if they continue, right? I mean, you look at Matt Murray. You look at Matt Murray. Right? I mean, you, you literally look at Ottinger. Won two cups and sucked. Well, Ottinger's still good, but he's still. Still I mean, fresh in his career, so that's right. But I mean, he he was a he he was a big difference maker in that in that wild series. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, it's but yeah, you're right. Like you look at Murray. I mean, he he stole the job from you know from Flurry, and and then just I just he's been drastically just. He's been the worst NHL level goaltender for mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. years, like yeah. in my opinion. And and then Bennington, like he, yeah, he's another right. He didn't even steal the cup, or sorry, steal the job. There were injuries, I think, and then he came in and took a team who was fucking last place in the beginning of February and won the cup with them. Mm-hmm. And then he's been like the most average piece of shit on planet earth <laughs> i i think he might have anger issues just a little bit so, don't know. say that he might uh throw his stick at you from good fucking... well as long as he signs it he can throw it at me i don't care yeah. anyways <laughs> that's where we are with the playoffs we should take a little break and talk about DraftKings. talk about some sports betting which i will not be doing anytime soon Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. After an incredible first round of the playoffs, round number two is just getting started. So make sure you check out the app for the lines and the odds. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN. Only a DraftKings sportsbook. All right. Well, the other day we got a surprise, uh, a little bit of a surprise 
uh, news conference from Don Maloney and um, a bunch of political figures and uh, all, all of those types of people about a brand new arena that the Flames have uh, tentatively agreed on building. Yeah. Uh, I'm not... I mean, I know that it's like a 95 or something like that percent chance that it's going to happen. Chris is pretty pretty sold that that it's going down but just because of what happened last time i'm and the fact that i'm not very tuned into calgary politics or alberta politics considering i live in bc um i am not going to uh believe it until there's shovels in the ground so right uh, for this topic i will let chris go on around well i mean i I've, i've been in in this city the whole time Calgary has been uh blessing us with their with their uh presence. Um Mediocrity I, is the word you're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I I I went through the lean years of, of the nineties and early two thousand, um, which ended up being okay because I mean you could pick up a, a ticket, you know, to go watch a game at the dome pretty pretty inexpensively, we'll say. Um, cause they were, they, they couldn't get people to go. Um, that being said, it's the building's falling apart and the, and the way they constructed it, we simply can't continue to attract any talent, right? Can't get, can't get the concerts we want because the, uh, the, the roof literally will not hold and support the, uh, the material that, that they need to produce the show so it's a problem it's a big problem um there's water damage in it too from floods and and yeah as much as they fixed a lot of it like it's it's major band-aids more than anything else right yeah and and obviously you know people that come from a a fancy new arena and they come to calgary and they they walk through the dome on the concourse and and throughout they don't like it because it's i mean it's concrete right it's not flashy in any way. It's probably my favorite place to be. I fucking love it. Always have. That being said, they're uh, they've broken a deal with the city. They finally uh, uh, had a unanimous vote from the from the city of Calgary, which is uh, which is pretty astonishing, really, to to have that kind of support because it hasn't been like that since day one. Like from from when King was announcing the Calgary West venue on the, on the West side of Calgary. Um, there, there has been pushback right from, from every step. Um, obviously we had a, an, an election here in Calgary picked up a new mayor and, and then the deal that was really close uh, fell through again. So that brings us to now. Um, the one thing that uh, Dylan kind of brought up, which is, I don't think it's truly an an actual factor. Um, the pro- province of Alberta is um, pledging that they're going to contribute three hundred and thirty million dollars. Um, three hundred of it uh, will be for transportation improvement and uh, and and infrastructure, which is something that the provinces uh, normally pay or or contribute to anyway. So it's it's nothing really new there as far as what they're doing. Um, 30 of that um, 330 is actually going to fund 50% of the community rink that's going to be 
built in there. So that's something that Algarians or or people that uh, visit uh, from from afar they can uh, utilize that facility, which would be fun. Just for for my information, mm-hmm. that is going to be not the professional ice. That's going to that's be right. probably upkept similarly, but it's going to be in a different place. It's not going to be where the flames play. It might be where they practice, but it's not where they play. Yeah, it'll be part of the facility. Yeah, but not not the actual ice surface that the flames play on. They're, they're going to have a right. secondary uh, community rink. So obviously, it'll be closer to what uh, Phoenix is playing out of right now. <laughs> yeah, well, something like community that, right? college. Community college. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it'll probably it'll probably see probably half of that. I'll say or or less. Oh. Yeah. Um. So yeah, with that being said, so we got three hundred and thirty coming from the province. We got five hundred and. 37 million coming from the city of Calgary, which is a, which is a big uh, topic, right? I mean, there's, I, I, I haven't quite decided where, where the fan base lies on this. You've got a lot of people saying the city shouldn't be paying for, you know, billionaires to, to uh, make more money. And you got other people saying you got to spend money, you know, it's going to attract, um, you know, a lot of, a, a lot of, uh, talent and, and and it'll bring in a lot of revenue over the years with yeah. with different things that are, that'll happen within the facility um so i mean i'm on the you need to spend money to to get it to get it going which is interesting because i've never really been the that type i have been to other arenas and they are fun and flashy and you know nice and clean and white and you know they they, like, they, they look like uh you know cool cool places they yeah. just to me, don't have the character that uh, a place like the Saddledome has. Yeah. See, like I've been to Edmonton's arena a, a couple times now, and it's to me, it's like it's nice, it's great, but it's not my type of place. And it's not right. because it's an Oilers place. It's because it's it. You know, you walk in, there's fucking seventeen casinos and a bunch of other things everywhere and it's just it's yeah. so much to wrap your head around when you're just you just want to go watch the fucking game yeah you know what i mean yeah. and that's what's going to happen in calgary but that's probably really good for the city i'm just a small town mm-hmm. person so it, it that that type of thing doesn't doesn't appear right me. yeah 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 and that's fair i mean i'm i'm you know i'm, I'm old enough that you know the, the nightclub scene isn't is it me? Clearly, um, yeah. I I I much rather go sit somewhere where it's quiet. You can have a conversation with somebody and you know have a beer that way. Um, 100%. But that being said, um, you know when last time you're you're in town, we went to that Chicago game back in January. Um, I mean, we, <laughs> I mean, yeah, the game sucked ass. It was horrible. It was but, the I mean, best we, play Huberto made all year, though. True. Yeah. Well, I think that. Uh, that, that goal pass, was pass over to to Kadri for that that tap in was pretty sweet too. But yeah, you're right. That was that was a yeah. pretty good goal. Um, Best goal he scored all year. Fair, fair. I'll give you that. But yeah, like so after the game, obviously, you know, we walked out and walked over to the casino. Mm-hmm. Uh, just it's just good. I I don't mind that. Yeah, just for because it, you know proximity. It's you know we didn't want to go too far before having another beverage because we were drowning our sorrows from the shit kicking that the Blackhawks had just given us. Mm-hmm. 
but with your with your friend who's a Blackhawks fan who was sad because his team that's supposed to lose games won and his other team that's supposed to win games lost. Yeah. So yeah, the game a miserable night. Yeah. So basically that night, you know, the as as my friend Chris put it, you know, the, the Blackhawks fucked themselves out of Bedard and the Flames fucked themselves out of a playoff spot. And quite literally it came down to that. It did. It did. If one one or two more games, right? That's right. Anyways. Yeah. So back to, back the, to arena. the arena. So <laughs> so I think I'm I'm super excited. It's it's slated to go uh just north, effectively one block north of the Stampede grounds where the dome is now. Um there's you know, if people that are in and around Calgary probably seen for many years, it's just it's just a like a vacant lot, so to speak, but they utilize it for parking and whatnot. So that'll be switched, I suppose, over to where the dome is now for parking and and they'll take over that three, four, four block radius and uh and have us a real fun event center. It's gonna be uh gonna be interesting. Obviously the shovels haven't hit the ground. They haven't done the final signatures on the deal. Yeah. Um so you know we're we're awaiting that. So hopefully uh between now and the next probably I'd say maybe a month to two at most we'll we'll hear the final on that and and uh either celebrate or do another WTF and back to drawing farewell. Board. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I uh, I'm expecting it to go through. Like, yeah. I feel like from the press conference, I feel like everybody involved understands what's what the importance of it is. Yeah. I know the people in the rest of Alberta are upset that their tax dollars are going to Calgary. Like, but I mean that's that's how taxes work. So, uh, <laughs> also. And- well, when when it comes to that as well, if you think about the fact that while they were talking about, uh, uh, Daniel Smith was talking about the three hundred and thirty coming towards us, they also talked about the uh, second phase of Rogers in Edmonton, um, also being partially funded by the by the province as well. So, so it's not like. You know, here Calgary's getting, getting this. And and, they're getting nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, it's, I, I think it's good if you're going to do one for one, you have to do something for the other. It makes sense to me. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know if it's, it was a kind of safe face type moment. Who knows? But we'll see. Who knows? And and honestly, yeah. like, I think in the long run, bringing more bringing more attraction to the city mm-hmm. is going to help the province in the long run um, financially. And, For sure. Yeah. You know, bring more, even bring more tourism, even if it's, you know, only for a night here, a night there, you know, it's not, I don't know. I, I think it's a good, it's a good thing. And not just for hockey, but for everything else for, you know, the community. Well, that's right. And also, you know, NHL uh, Gary Bettman um, uh, has has already told the the Flames ownership that you know with it going through and and you know obviously if if it truly happens then all of a sudden we're in the circuit for the All Star and the draft so just 
it's just more things, right? That to to attract people to to come to Calgary. Mm-hmm. And uh, and those type of things, like the All Star Weekend. As much as I think it's right, a hoax and and stupid and misrepresents everything that hockey stands for. Massive it's, money. Oh, massive amounts. But that of money. could bring grows the for game. the city of Calgary and for the province of Alberta is ridiculous. I'm surprised it hasn't hit Edmonton yet, considering the new building and McDavid. Good point. Good yeah. point. I think they're afraid that what'll end up happening, and it'll just be accident, like not the All Star, but like if they brought the draft there, they would just automatically, because they're so used to it, just give the first, second, and third picks to Edmonton because they're there already. That's probably why. Makes sense. Then then they'd have to trade McDavid, though, because they'd need that $15 million or whatever the fuck it is for Mm. uh, one of the next three $15 million players they're going to need. Anyways. um, Well, the cap's going up by a million. So that's that'll save everybody. Agreed. Agreed. Let's move on. Um, hopefully that happens. We, you know, I think everybody agrees we need it, and I think that last thing I'll, I'll say is Calgary as as a hockey team needs more reasons for free agents to come, and and needs more <laughs> reasons for players to stay yeah and i think that the arena is a big one and you could tell by what Weger said in, in his uh, exit interview which was you know he started having a good time but they need a new arena and yeah. that, that, that means that they need a new arena like ev- everybody involved you know that, they that tw- tweet by was it was it haynes i think yeah. it was darren and he says you know 11, 11 days ago, Genzi Uyghur says we need a new arena. And boom, it gets done. Kid makes shit Captain happen. Captain material. Yeah. It's really good. <clears throat> um, All right, let's move on to what most people want to hear about probably, which is... The oh, news. yeah, the Flames uh, promoted uh, Daryl Sutter to GM. Yeah, just like everybody thought it was going to happen. Um, I mean, I was, I mean, I, I didn't have a good feeling, but you never know. I didn't think it was going to happen because I don't, I, I think Sutter, as much as he made stupid coaching decisions this year, I think that he um, knows that he's a terrible GM. Well, I and, mean, he certainly has been told by enough people since. Yeah. <clears throat> and also, I don't, I'm I don't know if he enjoyed that very much. It seemed pretty stressful. Like he, he didn't have a smile on his face very often. I mean, he's always smiling. So if he didn't have a smile on his face, then, then obviously it was a horrible, horrible right. experience for him. Yeah. And he was shit 20 years younger almost. Yeah. Yeah. That terrifying. Actually. Holy shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, jeez. Wow. Uh, you're old. Yeah. Um. So, Souther has been let go. Um. And if you want to say it's whiny crybabies 
getting their way or or whatever the fuck you want to say i don't know you and i haven't really talked about it that much yet and you haven't been that active on social media so i haven't really uh gotten too many of your opinions yeah but, i've uh, just been watching cat videos and staying away from it yeah you seem like a cat video person yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah it's barbecue season baby not yeah. on social media I'm outside grilling meat what uh so what are your thoughts? Did, did I mean I I have I you know it's funny. I I actually have two trains of thought on the whole thing. I do fall under the the way players and 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 these gen this generation of players are they're very sensitive and you know we're always talking about want to make sure that they're they're happy and they they feel confident and that they're they're being praised enough and you know all that stuff and it and it irritates me to no end yeah that that players can go to the the gm at the you know the exit meeting after quite honestly playing like shit for most of the season yeah and whine about it being somebody else's fault so that honestly pisses me off that players do that and it results in people being fired. That being said, I do understand how Daryl is. And I'm fully aware that we more than likely, I won't say definitely because I don't know this for sure, but I would think that it had some bearing on us losing two incredible players uh, in the offseason last year. I, I don't think was, we'll ever know for sure. I don't think so either, but I'm sure I'm, a, I'm sure Chuck, it didn't help. Chuck's the type of guy who will write a book later in his life. Uh, he he pretty much came out and said it as much when he was on the Spit and Chick Chicklets podcast, right? I I think that was the other podcast, but yeah, he he basically he said he's not allowed to talk about it, but he like laughed, sighed, rolled his eyes, like. Well, and then yeah, I can't remember. Was asked, you know, is he going to be? Are you going to send him a Christmas card? And he goes, ah, no, no. I mean, there's you, there's ways you can you can go about it and say what you're trying to say without saying it. Yeah, that's right, right? Because obviously, we know the NHL has their mandate on on speaking to media and, and all yeah. that stuff. So, but you know, so he he told he told the personality, line. but if they do, then punish them. That's right. Five thousand dollar fine. Five thousand yeah. dollar fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that being said, they also, you know, what came out after that is the fact that there's a couple of players that had requested trades within the current roster that have rescinded their request since the firing. Now, so, the only only one person has said that. Did, were you listening today? Was to that? that? Um, yeah, that was, that was Frank that said that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Frank Cervalli yeah. said that. The way I, I like, I don't have the exact quote on me, mm. but I listened to it twice. And it, it what basically paraphrasing is he said um, that Daryl being fired has resulted in um, most, if not all, of the uh, players who had asked for a trade rescinding their, their trade requests. Mm -hmm. Um. Again, he yeah. said he he thinks, which 
there's a big difference between when Saravali says he thinks and when he says he knows. Right. Um, I mean, I would hope. But he also, when he thinks is 90% and when he knows is 100%. So. Yeah, he's a pretty decent, reliable insider, right? I think he's a bit like, I, he's, he, he seems like a very pompous, he, he wouldn't be the first insider I'd like to go have a beer with. Right. But he also is reliable. He's the most reliable guy out there right now, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously he pays a, a premium. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's you get that sense though, right? I mean, everybody's heard the, the, the story about Backlund asking for a trade and it just so happened to come, you know, after Daryl came, which to me is surprising being how Daryl actually drafted him. I never um, thought of it that way. That did happen just after Daryl came, hey? Yeah. Fucking, he plays really good under Daryl. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, Daryl produced five career seasons from players, right? In his time. More. It's got to be because he produced he produced yeah. Kachuk, Gaudreau, yeah. Lindholm, Goodbranson, Zadarov, Foley. Yeah. Um, Toffoli, um, Backland, Shillington, blah 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 blah. Yeah, Markstrom. Right. What I'm a like, pe- What a what a garbage coach. So that's something. I don't think he's a garbage coach. I think that, and it goes back to something you said earlier. And I look at it a little bit different, but but you are right. He um pe- people these days are young adults are have been raised to have a lot more self respect than they used to. Mm. I find they're raised to not take as much shit as as they used to take. Um, and and, and I think that that's resulted in a lot of the older generation which you are probably on the low end of knock it off <laughs> <laughs> but kind of using the terms like oh these millionaire you know crybabies are are getting their way or whatever but i think it's just people having self respect and not being okay with being shit on and I, this is the way I, I think about it is there's a difference between being a hard ass and being an ass. And I think Daryl was too busy being an ass specifically this year. And you can be a hard ass without being an ass. And he wasn't doing that. I, I don't know. I, I kind of, I, I disagree. A little bit. Um, Go ahead. I I believe that Daryl wasn't asked to the media. I don't necessarily think that he was to the team. There were a couple of things that came out with his, you know, with, with his dealings with a couple of the rookies and stuff that, you know, the team got all up in arms about. Yeah. Which. Okay. Is what it is. And, is what but, exactly but, but is that, what it that is. is who he is. And That's right. I think that with with a lot of those personally, I think a lot of those things were 
know, he, he kind of had a misguided thought, let's say with the Peltier thing, that it mm-hmm. was going to um, distract the media and take the attention away from Peltier and put the attention on Daryl, which it did. But then sure it did. also... Well, it put the it puts the attention on the whole team, right? Because then there's more. It put the attention on the whole team. Exactly. Then there's more That's questions. What I mean by the reporters are, are coming in, and you know, well, now I want to hear more. Tell me more. Tell me your side of the story and all that. Yeah. Shit. And that whole like, you know, oh, you didn't even didn't even know what number he was. Like, yeah, he did. Like it was a. That's what he does. He's been doing it for fucking decades. Yeah. Media games, right? Yeah. That's what he he's he plays media games and. Um, and I I don't have any proof if he was an ass in inside the locker room or not, but I get the feeling like he like he was a little bit. Um, that's just me though. Yeah. So, um, on on the part where where you're kind of describing the you know the the young adults of of today, um, could you say you know they they won't they won't take as much? They'll stand up for themselves and stuff. I actually find that to not be the case at all. Really? I find and like I I manage um twenty two to, to thirty year olds in, in my business. I it I find that it's not really that they'll stand up for themselves. I find that they'll run to somebody else. They won't actually stand up for themselves. They'll have somebody else stand up for them. Okay. So they'll find a way right yeah where where the generation previous or or even a couple right leading up to that would actually stand up for themselves yeah right but they also come from a time i'm talking about generations before where they weren't being told on such a regular basis about how good they are and pampered and and kind of brought through a system of you know of media and and you know medals and celebrations and and all that stuff right like there was it's a it's a different era for that right like these these people are being bred at a very young age to be professional no they're excellent that's right yeah and and so i Anytime that somebody collides with that that train of thought, it makes them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so they react in a way that not everybody likes. And, so, and it ends up and and things there there's a trickle down effect that happens when 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 that starts to take place. Yeah. And I I I st- I see what you're saying. Um, I think we might, I don't know what age the people you manage are, but I think we might be talking about slightly different age groups, but still. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because the age group I'm talking about isn't even the Hubert O'Cadry age. It's more the, which is my age, right? Yeah. It's my age group. It's the 21 to, to 26 year olds, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's when it really started to become noticeable. Mm-hmm. It's from those that age. 
I mean, yeah. I, I have a, I have a 24 year old son and, yeah. you know, the difference between you know, my, my, my son and my, my daughter who's, who's 10 years younger, like even then, like there's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic trying to figure out the psychology of youth, mm. right? It, <laughs> it, I don't envy you. It's a. It's you know there's and there's, I met your daughter. She seems like a very nice. She's an lady. incredible human being. Yeah, no, yeah. she's she's a she's a she's a, a great person, um, yeah. and thankfully, she's been good so far. So, you know, we'll see. You know, yeah. who knows that might change someday. Um, but it's no, it's it's an interesting way to you know. I, I actually learned a lot of patience from having children, and so I and I so I can appreciate both sides of the story, and and I can deal with a younger generation with a, a mixture we'll say right yeah like i i can go both ways but i find bringing those people into a common ground it's definitely a different process than it was 20 30 40 years ago it's it's like night and day different Let's face it, with coffee starting at $5 and our bank account somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate or dupe is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on, Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those other more big name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay later options. Right now you can pay as low as $18 a checkout. They have an easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and flat free international shipping. And they have over 50,000 five-star reviews. With some great features such as earbud tap functions, noise isolation, and eight hours of playtime. Go to buyraycon.com THPN today and get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com THPN to score 15% off by raycon.com slash THPN. It's, it's interesting, you know, like, you know, I, I would imagine in the exit interviews that it wasn't just the, you know, the, the early 20 year olds. I, I would imagine that it, it came from a number of people because you could tell that there was a rift within the organization for majority of the year. Yeah. And it, you can see it. I, I don't think that it was all of them either. Like, obviously, no. Tifoli, Zadorov, blah, 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 blah. I think there was probably five, six guys, in you know, as far as the, the players are concerned. Yep. There was probably five or six guys who were like, oh, I, I love playing for Stutter. You know? Well, the, that's and, right. And so you have a certain era in Tifoli, and then you have somebody like, like Zadorov who comes, you know, from a, from a, a, place a country that's hard. That's right. And so yeah. it, I don't know if it necessarily helps 
their their mindset, but they feel more comfortable within it. They mm-hmm. they understand that Daryl's they understand Daryl's approach and and they understand his credentials, and he's just he's just demanding results, right? Yeah, and I think that that's something that gets lost in it is that Daryl, even though he made some pretty fucked up decisions this year. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't. I I think people on both sides of the ledger, whether you're pro Daryl or, or or anti Daryl, I think both both sides can kind of agree that he's made some pretty fucked up choices this year. Um, yeah, on on but, and on, mostly on ice, right? Some yeah. of the choices he made for 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 line pairings and when to put people out. It it was it was a mind. You know, I had scratches. Forcing from... chemistry that wasn't there. All yeah, that like that was but... that was such a Glenn Gullipson thing to do. Hundred percent. Daryl's better than that. I feel like that. Yeah, exactly. That's what was so confusing about it to me, is that I know I know he's better than that. Yeah. And if if he wasn't, oh, it's it's hard to explain. Like if he didn't do even two or three of those dozen things that he he did terribly he'd still be here well and and calgary would would have been playing in, in the postseason 100 percent. and right. if calgary was still playing in the postseason yeah, Living may have signed a you know like we we might be in a whole different situation we and i don't think I, i'm not the type of guy who wants tree living to be here i i, I don't want Sutter still I I think it's time for a rollover in both of those areas but and I'm not saying like he could have saved like he should have saved his job I'm saying that we'd all be sitting here I'd be sitting here happier if we were still playing right now or if we were still playing two days ago yeah yeah even if we had lost right yeah in in the first round right that that's those it's those little things, the things that you and I have been talking about for half the season, almost, yeah. of why is Huberto still playing with Kadri? And why is why he playing is on Kadri's right wing? Right. Like, there's these things that, that just... Um, why it, is it almost, sitting? It almost became more than coaching. That's, yeah. It, right. While, while other players deserve to be sitting. like that, And he knew that. And yeah. I, I feel like the last month, especially was coaching out of spite. Yeah. I I truly believe that the rift between Brad and Daryl ended up becoming very severe. Mm-hmm. And, and then Daryl just went the whole I'll fucking I'll fucking show you. Mm-hmm. And Richie. That that's what happened with Richie with yeah. the, the shootout thing. Right. Yeah. And he can say, oh he scored on Saros earlier yeah, one in the time all, yeah all, one time last year. Yeah. Yeah. How many other guys on that fucking roster have scored on Saros before? It's it's not that wasn't it. It was again for the fucking hundredth time that season, he did something that was at the detriment of the team to prove a point that no longer needed to be proven. That's right. We knew he was in charge. He didn't have to prove he was in charge. Exactly. And he's not in charge anymore. 
That's right. Fun. Now he's not in jail. Yeah. So I've got a, a question for you. And maybe we should wrap it up after this, unless there's something else you want to talk about. But my question is, does the firing of Sutter, it seems like it would, it came from Maloney and Maloney's meetings with the players and mm-hmm. apparently the training staff and the medical staff and everybody Apparently, that's kind of where it came from. Yeah. But it seems like it came from him. I feel... Not not from Murray Edwards and John Bean. I don't think John Bean has much to do with it. Well, you shouldn't. From Murray Edwards, which is where the hiring of Daryl came from. Right. So, do you think that this is a sign that Edwards has realized that the business he owned or the business he owns should be run by the people he hires to run it and not by him, not fully, but more that he's going to micromanage less. So I'll answer that in two ways. Number one, it was, it was reported way more so than it ever has been in the last couple of months about how that exact scenario where where Edwards and the ownership core sticking their nose into hockey operation stuff and how much it has affected the team for a long time, decades. decades. So I think with those reports, there has to be, I mean, Edwards is an intelligent human being, right? 100%. So, when you keep hearing this and hearing this and, and it's coming from different layers of different media outlets and, and whatnot, at some point, one of those stories is that he's reading or, or, or watching is it has to click. Right. But also with that, you and I talked about, and I, I believe it was with um, our, our last show when we were talking about Brad and, and a potential replacement. And as long as you bring a valid argument slash case to the owners if that is still the case that the owners are making the ultimate decisions mm-hmm. as long as you bring a, a valid case to them they will listen to it so if you can if you can bring notes from exit interviews from staff you know right down to players 15 players and 20 staff members yeah like that's that's a problem that's like not you, the number but yeah exactly yeah. but that that's a problem and and any Anybody with a with half a brain would go, okay, well, yeah, it sucks that it's now gonna cost me, you know, eight point four million dollars, but I need to do something like right mm-hmm. fucking now. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, I think it could have been a mixture of both. Um I don't know if it's gonna spell change in the future. We will we will see. But and given we, we will hope. <laughs> That's right, and but and given given the the tactics that I've seen um, from Don so far, I'm liking it. I like what he's done. I haven't liked so much his his public speaking, but he's not great at it, right? No, but but, but you can tell. I okay. mean, he knows he knows the game and he knows how to get results thus far, mm-hmm. right? 
you know, public speaking means very little at this juncture, and that's why he's going to hire a GM because that person's going to do it. That's right, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, he hasn't. I mean, effectively, he hasn't actually done anything other than fire Daryl Sutter, Stein right? Walker Dewar. Good point. Which, right? I mean, there's a <laughs> Daryl Sutter won't let the the young guys play. Well, Walker Dewar is twenty six, but yeah, twenty five. 25 but yeah yeah but walker doer plays sutter hockey walker Dewar. and 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 therefore had a stellar year mm-hmm. um yeah so that's how i, I answer that i hope I don't... that it spells change for the future but i don't know if i'm there if i'm believing that yet okay. i don't think that any owner of any business should ever not have their nose in it to some point. Right. But that's how, that's how the umbrella works, right? That's how your different divisions and your branches, right? This person talks to this person, this person, you know, reports to this until it gets to the top, right? Yes. He should sign off on things. Yes. He should question things. He should should sign off on where the guys do their job first. That's right. Absolutely. And then he needs to trust them to a certain point. And they don't think there's been any trust with, thank God, Feaster. And I don't think there's been any trust with, with, with Burke, which there probably should have been because that's a guy with a lot of fucking pedigree. And I don't think there was very much with, I mean, there was tons with Daryl when he was the GM, but I well, don't think there was, there's, there was more with Brad, but there wasn't enough. There needs to be more of a, I hired you to do this job. I'm going to let you do it thing. Yeah. Report but back still, and tell me how you, how you are doing at your job and we'll assess it. Right. Yeah. That's, yes. He should have his, have his nose in it, but he should also let the, like, if you're going to hire somebody to do a job and not let them do it and then wonder why they walk away after nine years, like, you can right. rewind to our last episode and see how much both of us are happy that Brad's gone, but like he wasn't really allowed to do his job most of the time. No, he was handcuffed with a lot of things, and and everybody knows it. Well, yeah. I can't say everybody, right? A lot of people will still blame Brad for you know not trading for this guy and stuff. I blame him for some of his lack of foresight. His lack of foresight and and. I, I blame him for how many no move and no trade clauses are on a roster currently. That angers me a lot. Yeah. Like whoever takes over that role has got one fuck of a job to do. Absolutely. They're, they're already over the cap mm-hmm. for next year. And we still need, and you know, we still need four players. And we've got a whole summer to talk about that because I'm sure most of them aren't leaving. Most of them, maybe, maybe one or two, but um well i feel like uh that's a good place to end it yeah so uh one before before we sign off though who do you think ends up become who do you think will be the head coach for the flames next year who do i think or who do i want both i don't know why i asked that because i don't know um, I 
think Huska or Love. I want them to both be on the bench under Brunette or somebody like that or some level of those three on the bench together. Um, I think it's time for Huska. I think it's time for Love. Um, and I think I don't want to bring Brunette in simply because he worked so well with two of our players in the past. Right. But I want what's that? As in right. Yeah. That there's there's a part of that that works as well. But I also think that what he brings is something the flames need, which is a little bit more dynamic offense. And I don't mean just from Huberto, I mean from the team. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and did you ask me GM as well? No, just coach. No. Okay. That that's um I think I don't think Brunette's gonna come. I'd like to see him in there somewhere, but I think it's probably gonna be Lover Huska. Okay. Just because money. Because they're already here and because uh I, ownership I, is comfortable. I yeah, I agree with that. I think given the fact that with our current cap situation, there's likely gonna be at least two more players that were playing for the Wranglers uh on the Flames roster next year. And I think that being said, your your two choices are perfect. Um, but yeah, my want and who I think are are the same person that's Mitch Love. I, I want him. I want you him want in that and role. And think Mitch Love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want him in that role. I think he's I, done I really want well him in, in the NHL in Calgary. Yeah, in some capacity on the bench. Hundred percent. And I then, don't care if it's assistant. I don't care if it's fucking. And I, and I think having having Huska run the uh, special teams. Like let's let's do it. Like let's bring two two fresh people to the you know to the NHL and roll with it. And somebody who knows who doesn't have to think about how to use the guys who are going to be eventually brought up. Yeah, you'll know or don't doesn't have to doesn't have to research what these guys are because Huska coached them two years ago and because Love coached them currently mm-hmm. as in two days he's going to coach these guys in the game. That's right. right? Um, yeah. and again, not because that's not the only reason. I also think Love in a couple of years is going to be one of the best head coaches. In, in I think, league. I think he's a great uh, hockey mind. I, I and think, go ahead. I, I think he's a great hockey mind. And I think Calgary would be doing themselves a disservice. If it comes down to a point where he ends up walking away or getting a really good offer from an NHL team. I think if he's not offered at least an assistant or a special teams job in the NHL, next year he's gone yeah and i think huska 
if he's not if he's I think they're kind of tied. I I think if if either mm-hmm. of them go, both of them go cuz I think Husk uh was a finalist for I can't remember. He was a finalist for Montreal maybe. I can't remember. He was, was a finalist for one of the head coaching jobs last year and he chose to stay in Calgary. Really? Yeah. I I'll don't do. think it was Montreal. I can't remember which team it was, but I'll have to look for that article. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I it it doesn't surprise me. He's, he is a hell of a coach. I can't remember. I'll look but for that. He, I've heard I've heard the nine sixty guys talk about it all quite a few times. Um which doesn't always mean it's correct, but No, but I mean they're they're close to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're close to and, it. And I also think those two guys are young in in the realm of coaching, which I think is a benefit to just bringing a fresh look into uh, into the organization at the NHL level. Like they yeah. they need somebody who's got fresh ideas because the old ideas are uh, tiresome and. I mean, I've there, there's a lot of people who are just so sick of all of the old shit that they're not even going to watch next year, apparently. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you mean those people that don't watch the first three quarters of the season anyways? Those people? Yeah. Or the season. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I heard they're almost going to the playoffs. <laughs> I just start or watching. the people who figure, oh, you know, Edmonton's an Alberta team, so I'm going to cheer for them. No. No, 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 no. That's not how this works. That's not how this works. And don't fucking clip that. <laughs> you know, goddamn well, that's going in the shorts. Um, <laughs> the, could you imagine an, an an English soccer team cheering for, like, you know, somebody from Man U cheering for Chelsea just because they made it further? Holy Christ. Like, come on. Chastised. I, I, I don't know. I know that soccer fans, football fans, are are very passionate. I don't know what that specific rivalry is, right? But if you're it is like, but if you're bringing it up in this, yeah, thing, I mean they're they, they're they're you know two different uh, leagues, but I mean like they're not. You just you just don't do it, right? You fly mm-hmm. one flag. Period. You can you can. Hope other teams beat others. I get that, but to full on cheer for the fucking Oilers, come on. Sorry. Yeah. Pick like, a pick a side. I have. And and you know what? I get like there's a lot of ca- casual fans out there that um, cheer for a team here or there or whatever. But personally, I'm I'm just the type of guy who I find a lot of joy in uh cheering against teams after yeah. after the flames have been eliminated um, well then i mean i i i went from from being a kings fan to a bait to, to a knights fan that i mean and i've never cheered for either team yeah ever and i never will I mean, again I, I mean i i hate vegas yeah i mean i love i love the city i have a lot of fun there but they're actually team really i, I really appreciate the organization but um, on the ice, I'm, I'm not a huge fan. 
<laughs> That's right. Yeah. So that being said, cheers. Go Vegas. Go Flames. Not even go Vegas. Just fuck Edmonton. Fuck Edmonton. And not even go Panthers, who, by the way, won their game today. They so uh, they're up one nothing on the Leafs. They're they're not going away. Mm-hmm. They're not going away. Kachuk didn't even run that game either. But I mean, he he ran Geo. Heyo. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> some brother Anyways, love. Cheers, everybody. Uh, make sure you go and check us out on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, all that kind of stuff. Um, check out the Hockey Podcast Network as well on all those platforms. Uh, give us a like and subscribe. Let us know what you think about uh, Daryl Souther and and his firing um, and who you think might be the new coach and slash or GM of, uh, of the Calgary Flames. Love it. All right, everybody. Till next time. Enjoy uh, round two. We'll try and get back to you before that ends. Have a good night. Cheers.